Thursday, November the 24th, as we record Night Shift, episode 15. Kyle Gamard and Mike Stubbs, your hosts. You can find us online with our socials at Stubbs980 with two Bs, at Kyle Gamard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and we're up at globalnews.ca as well. A couple of road games this weekend in Kitchener and in Oshawa. Uh, they're heading back to Kitchener for the first time since last year's playoffs. Can you believe that? They have not been to the odd since they were in the postseason last year. It's pretty amazing. And we've got some news upcoming for the 29th as well. But Mike, no home games this weekend. The Knights are on the road for two. Yes, and if you have not been to the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, it's not very far away from London or southwestern Ontario, if that's where you happen to live. I mean, if you're flying in from a Soyuz BC, that's a different story. But if you are in this area, it's a place that you have to go. Kyle, this is one of, you know, and Budweiser Gardens is is just a phenomenal building. The Kitchener Memorial Auditorium is kind of the Budweiser Gardens of its day. And its day goes all the way back to May 24th of 1951. That's when it opened. And they have done such a remarkable job year after year because Normally, if you say, oh, well, we play in a building that opened in 1951, the first reaction you're going to get is, oh. But they've done such a great job keeping this modern. And that's exactly what it feels like. Plus, it's got the feel of like a mini Maple Leaf garden. So if you've never been to Maple Leaf, it's got the same pitch of the seats. It's got the different colors of the seats. And a few years ago, they pulled the roof off. And they put in more seats. So there's now just over 7,000. And that is just about right. When it comes to making noise in junior hockey, they sell it out almost every night. And they have great fans that are into the game. This is just a tremendous atmosphere, especially during the playoffs. So here we go. This is going to be a Friday night in November. But it's just an excellent building to either see a hockey game in or, or just to kind of visit and look around. Oh, yeah. And, and I've I've been there a couple different instances as whether I'm working, whether just as like a fan trying to sit in. And it is it's quite an environment. They are very uh, passionate fan base. It's a lot of fun. You really get the, the full feel of getting in. Yeah, it's it's like a good mix between that OHL like barn, but also a lot of modern looks to it. And you get that little mini Maple Leaf Gardens was a really good way to describe it, Mike. But, you know, it, it's so funny because the Knights have had a lot of history within, you know, that organization and and the Kitchener Rangers. But the Knights have one of probably the more improbable games in there. And this is back on New Year's Day. We're dating back almost 20 years ago, 1996. Yes, this was one of the most improbable wins in London Knights history. It came against the Kitchener Ranger team that was really good in 1995-96. And the Knights that year... That was the very famous year that produces an awful lot of stories. They won three games, lost 60, and tied three. But in junior hockey, the Knights came through this last weekend when they played three games in two and a half days. They did it the weekend before. That's now the limit in major junior. You can't play more than three games in two and a half days. Well... In 1996, it was a little different. You could play four games in three and a half days. And that's the schedule that the Knights had. Now, let me take you on this schedule. 
They were home to the Sarnia Sting on December the 29th and lost 5-3. to three. Immediately, they traveled to Belleville, where they played Belleville the next day, December 30th, and lost 6-1. Then they moved even further east to Kingston the next day, New Year's Eve, and they were pounded 10-0 by the Kingston Frontback. And then they had to turn around and go back to Kitchener, arriving late, 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 either on New Year's Eve or maybe it was a, a little earlier on New Year's Day morning. I don't remember going out anywhere for that New Year's Eve, so I'm pretty sure we got there early morning after New Year's. We might have celebrated New Year's on a hockey bus. And then they go into a game against the Kitchener Rangers that afternoon. And this is one where, again, you've got a team that's won one game. It is New Year's Day, 1996. The Knights had won one time. And they go up against the Kitchener Rangers. And for whatever reason, they get up in this game. And they're up two to nothing. Now, the Rangers wound up making it two to one. The Knights scored very early in the third period. Joel DeZane got the goal, made it 3-2. And then, or sorry, made it 3-1. And then the Kitchener Rangers tightened that up, made it 3-2. Jeff Ambrosio scored a power play goal. And you think, all right, well, there's enough time left. Kitchener can still win this game 7-3. That's just the kind of year it had become at that point. The Knights held on, held on, held on. About 40 seconds left. I can still remember this. Kevin Sloda picks up the puck, and he goes to pass it into center ice. And the pass doesn't connect, and the puck goes down the ice for an icing call. And that brings a face-off back into the London zone with under 40 seconds left, about 35 seconds left. And you're thinking, this, this is going to end wrong. Kitchener is going to, that's how the season is gone. They're going to tie this game. And the Knights ended up winning the face-off, mucking around the boards a little bit. And you could just remember the chip. I think it was even Kevin Sloda a second time. Kevin Sloda this time chips it out into center ice and the puck goes end over end, drops down at the blue line. And time expires, and the Knights beat the Kitchener Rangers' fourth game in three and a half days for their second win of that season. I, it just that that whole season just sounds like an absolute roller coaster. I think Mike, we could spend ten episodes just going through story and story and story about that season in particular. But of the three wins the Knights had all year that year, one of them comes on the fourth game in three and a half days. It's it's just. You can't draw it up any 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 differently. I just I love uh, seeing stuff like that. Big rivalry, of course. Last year in the postseason, uh, Kitchener comes away uh, in seven games. Rangers weirdly are eight and eleven this year. They're ninth in the Western Conference. It's it's hard to explain why they make a move for a goaltender. They've got you know uh, they, every team has a couple of players that eventually move on, but they seem like they're bringing back a similar group than what they had last year. Can can you explain it? I really can't. Kyle, I look at exactly that. They have brought back so many players from last year. And recently, they added Philip Machar, who is from the Montreal Canadiens organization. There was talk, where do we put him? Do we keep him in Montreal? Does he go to Laval? He could have gone to Laval. And ultimately, he winds up with the Kitchener Rangers. And the start that this guy had as a member of the Rangers was absolutely electric. And he still has that ability. He still is putting up points. 
but he came in and and he was just absolutely on fire. He had a goal and three assists for four points in his first game. He had a two-goal game the next game. Things have slowed down a little bit. He's got three assists in his last two games. And, you know, that's him slowing down. So he's a very yeah, dangerous player. Yeah, that's all of a sudden that's, that sounds like he's slacking. But, no, he is not slacking. Excellent player. And you team him with a couple of the other guys on this team, like Adam Zidlicki, who's taken some real steps. Joseph Serpa is still there. Reed Vlad is still there. They've had some unfortunate injuries. Mitchell Martin's out long-term. And Jackson Parsons, who was taking over as the number one goalie until the Kitchener Rangers acquired Marco Constantini, who played last year with the Hamilton Bulldogs and won the OHL championships. Constantini has been a great addition for them, but Jackson Parsons is out for the year with an injury, but there are so many similar faces and you would think they seem to just have added to them. They're not, it's not that they're, they're, you know, being held off the score sheet because they're not one of the, you know, the, they're not the lowest scoring team in the league. They're not allowing piles of goals they're just not winning games and it's hard to explain why that is and whether it's just a confidence issue that they haven't climbed out of because remember back at the beginning of the year it was the Knights and the Rangers who were the last two teams to get their first win of the OHL season among the entire league and now we're looking at a Knights team that's won 10 of 13 games going into this weekend they've pulled out of that they're climbing up the standings the Kitchener Rangers haven't been able to make that climb and my head still tells me that they will, they're going to. The one big change for the Kitchener Rangers that we can look at, Mike McKenzie's not behind the bench. They brought in Chris Dennis as their head coach, but Chris is very well respected. Maybe it's just a matter of still getting his OHL coaching legs. That's a, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here in terms of what it is that keeps this team outside a playoff picture. Well, coaching matters, and that's a big thing, and I don't think – I think people maybe underestimate that a little bit more. Like if you have a player turnover, a lot of people say it's a bigger impact than a coaching turnover, but you look at the London Knights and who lost a 100-point 50-goal score in Luke Evangelista and a highlight reel 80-plus point player in Antonio Stranges, and they're out, and, you know, outside of a couple names that they had brought in, you know, um, George Diaco is a name, uh, Ryan Del Monte, but just other kind of plug guys to kind of fill the gap in between. But it's a lot of their youth coming up and making a bigger impact in the second year. But what has been the main constant of this team for the last two-plus decades? It's been the coaching staff. It has been the Hunters. It's it's Mark, Dale, Dylan. That is a constant, and the theme of this team, the structure, the system, that's always been something talked about anytime anyone comes into this organization. And I just, I'm not saying that the structure isn't there in Kitchener. I just wonder if maybe it's a little bit different and players who were there the last year or even year prior are still adapting. I think London in these last month and a month or so in, in terms of games, 13 of them, I think they found their identity. I still think Kitchener's trying to find theirs. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way to put it. And when they do, I mean, we didn't even mention Francesco Pinelli. They've got some really good players. So it's kind of like the Ottawa Senators right now, where you look up and down their roster and you say, oh, no, 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 this team's going to be good. And yet they can't seem to find ways to win. So that's what the Knights go into tomorrow night in Kitchener. You know that the Rangers will be fired up. They'll be looking to use this as a springboard to get themselves going in the right direction.
Yeah, and and they play up every time they play the Knights too. So this should be a lot of fun, this contest at the Auditorium on a Friday night. And then they close out the weekend on Sunday in Oshawa to take on the uh, Generals. Oshawa right now 5-11-1-2. And, and, you know, outside of the season, you, you mentioned here on our, on our write-up, Mike, but you kind of feel for them. They were set to bid for the Memorial Cup in 2021. That didn't happen. You know, the start to the season isn't what they're expecting as well. So... There's a real opportunity for London this weekend to bag four points. There is. And in fact, the night schedule in the next little while gives them opportunities to win. So this is that test for them. You're playing opponents who are below you in the standings. That will continue on Tuesday night. And we'll talk more about that in a bit when they play the Guelph Storm. And so this is the time when you can really say, all right, let's let's find a way to put together a run here. The night's... 10 of 13, sure, but you want to be able to beat those teams that you are supposed to beat. If you're higher than they are in the standings, that's you. That's your win. It doesn't always work out that way. As we highlighted in 1996, <laughs> you lose 10-0 one day, and then you beat a Kitchener Ranger team the next day that you had no business beating. But the Knights, you're right. They're not up against Ottawa right now. They're not up against Windsor and Owen Sound right now. This is Kitchener, Oshawa, Guelph. Then they'll take on Erie and Niagara. And then things do pick up. The Knights will see Ottawa and Peterborough before the holiday break. And it goes Ottawa, Peterborough, Owen Sound, and Flint to close things out. So that's a tough run toward the end. So you want to make sure that you're taking advantage right now of teams that have been having trouble winning hockey games. And, and you absolutely do. And I think the coaching staff will highlight that as well. But you don't want to overlook teams and that tends to happen you overlook a team you're already on to the next opponent and a team comes out gives you their best and they can sneak away there's a couple of players they need to watch out for in Oshawa Brett Harrison a name to listen for uh London native you got a, uh, another guy on the uh on the roster here too Mike that you've kind of circled Beckett Seneke eighth overall pick he played for the Toronto Marlboros last year and in a year when things have not gone all that well for Oshawa and I feel for them because Oshawa may have been stung by what happened during the pandemic more than any other team. And we can put the Knights into that equation or the Ottawa 67 saying, hey, here were the two teams in 2020 that likely had a really good chance of representing the OHL in the Memorial Cup. Oshawa was looking to bid for the Memorial Cup, and they had been building their team to host in 2021. And then it didn't happen. So Oshawa had built their team, and then there's – there's no season to play. There's no Memorial Cup to host. And now you're kind of starting over. And that's the situation that they're in. Beckett Seneke is somebody who has 12 points in 15 games as a rookie. And he's someone who, even though he, he might not be leading rookies, he's shouldering some offensive load for them. And he's looked really, really good. So they have, sure, Brett Harrison Beggett Seneke, they have former Knights Stu Roloffs, who is off to a good start. They get their scoring by committee. There is nobody that's really putting up all the points. They've got a lot of people putting up similar numbers of points on the Oshawa Generals side. Yeah, and and I'm I'm excited to see how how the Knights match up against these teams. You always see the Knights have done a really good job this season, Mike, in playing up when they play a Windsor, when they play an Owen Sound. They've had a couple really good statement games, uh, and they've had individuals who have come out and made big statements as well. But now I want to see how they do going on the road into an opponent's barn and going into a game that when you look at the standings, you go, okay, 
London has the better record. They've got more points. They should be the favorite coming in. I'm very excited to see two games on the road. They normally have that home game on Friday to kick things off. They don't have that. They go on the road Friday. So I'm intrigued to see how that's going to go and how they finish up on Sunday in Oshawa. Kyle, before we close out the podcast, we have to talk about the next night's home game because the Knights have been teasing fans for a little while. You've probably been getting questions as to, hey, what's happening on the 29th? Kyle, you know, but tell me. Tell me what's happening on the 29th. And it was always just something's coming on November the 29th. And this week, the Knights started to put out teasers. And so we decided, look, okay, they, they seem to be spilling at least a couple of beans out of the jar. So let's see what else we can find. So we talked with the director of marketing and game day operations with the London Knights, Alex Brown on London live, because something's happening on the 29th. We wanted to try and find out as much as we could about it. You'll see some more teasers and shots of it. Stubbsy coming out every day up from now until next Tuesday. And you know what, this goes back. We started designing and working on this idea in July of 2020. So uh, when COVID hit and we were shut down and we were trying to come up with new ideas, this is, this is where it all started. So it's been a long time coming. Um, we did go out to our season ticket holders to make sure they knew that it was in New Jersey, and we're super excited to reveal that next Tuesday, the 29th. Okay, I'm, I'm madly writing things down. So New Jersey, and it's going to be worn on the 29th, and this is something that is now more than two years in the making. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's uh, it's finally here. I think that you know it's almost crazier that we uh, that it didn't leak or that it didn't come out. But um, you know, yeah, we're super excited. We're, the plan is to wear it obviously Tuesday. Um, we're hoping to also wear it on the second, December the Friday as well, um, and then about uh, six more times throughout the season. And I, I think one thing to note too is like this isn't a one-time specialty theme jersey. This is going to be part of the London Knights history and jerseys uh, moving forward as our new alternate jersey. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm madly writing that down too. Man, we're getting a lot of information. Alex, thank you for all of this. So this isn't a special themed Jersey night because sometimes you will see those. I mean, there was a team in the ECHL on the weekend. I'm not making this up because you can't. There was a SpongeBob SquarePants night and this team was wearing SpongeBob SquarePants jerseys. They were as yellow as yellow could get. And it's something that had never been done before. So there you go. So this is not a themed jersey night. This is the unveiling of a new night's jersey. Absolutely. And along with that, there's a new product line of merchandise, toques, hats, hoodies, uh, you name it, in the London Knights Armory. There's going to be a new line of merchandise with this, uh, with what we unveil on Tuesday. With what you, I'm intrigued. Okay. Because we've seen the London Knights change some things about their uniforms. It wasn't too long ago that you went back to a solid green. Uh, We can think back to the Memorial Cup year in 2005. That was a jersey that was black for the away jerseys, white for the home jerseys. We've seen the off-white come and go. Uh, Okay, And, and so this is something unlike anything we've seen before. Yeah, it's something that, uh, well, you just said it, unlike anything I think we've seen before in Knights history, and uh, everyone at the team's excited. You know what? The, the players are really excited. Uh, they really love this new jersey, this new look, um, and the swag that's coming out. So uh, I think the fans are going to love it too. November the 29th, so that's coming up on Tuesday. Last question I have for you. 
Are there any tickets left if somebody still wanted to get to this game on Tuesday? Yes, there are. There's still a couple hundred tickets left. Um, they did. They have been moving since we started posting these little teasers. So uh, <laughs> I'd encourage you to get online and, and get the tickets while you can. We're hoping that we can uh, sell out, of course, the Bud Gardens, like always, and have a lot of fun with this uh, night on the 29th. So you mentioned it. There will be more teasers on social media, some more little glimpses of, of what this look might be. Yeah, you're going to see some, some close-ups um, and some other shots, of course. We're not going to give away too, too much because we want it to be a, a great moment for the fans and for the players uh, at Puck Drop on the 29th. But every day we're going to release one more little teaser for you. But it's not going to unveil the whole – it's not like Tuesday morning you'll wake up and you'll be able to see the whole thing. That happens no, at no, the no. game for the first time. you got to buy your tickets to come see it live for the first <laughs> time. That is Alex Brown, Director of Marketing and Game Day Operations. So, Kyle, once again on the list here, we've got November the 29th. We know it's a New Jersey. We know that there is other merchandise coming with it. They've been working on it since June of 2020. And this is something that is going to stay. This is not a one night be here and and see this Jersey like the SpongeBob SquarePants or like some of the other nights that teams (laughs) will have. This is to stay. And I can't wait. I haven't seen it. I've tried to stumble into different rooms at Budweiser Gardens. They've kept this thing somewhere really secret. There's, I'm thinking there's a trap door involved. There, there has to be, right? And, and yeah, they've they've kind of leaked a couple of things and, and said it. What I'm most excited about, Mike, is the one thing you pointed out and that it's going to be something that is going to be recurrent and not just a one-night thing. So that's really exciting because the one night games are with the, with the Jersey change are always fun. And then they kind of disappear, but these are going to be present multiple times moving forward. And listen, you can't, they've done a fantastic job at marketing this at teasing it because I think everyone's talking about it and the 29th can't get here fast enough. Cause I cannot wait for the unveilment of them. Knights and Guelph storm on the 29th. In the meantime, Kitchener Rangers and Oshawa Generals. You can hear it on 980CFPL and at 980CFPL.ca. And we'll be back next week to recap what happened on the road. And maybe we'll know even more. Maybe we'll have seen a glimpse of something by then as we look toward Tuesday, November 29th. Nights and storm for the first time at Budweiser Gardens this season. So the Knights are starting to to meet some teams they haven't seen yet. Kyle, they still haven't played the Sarnia Sting. And that won't change until they're home and home to end one year and bring in the next. And that's so funny. Cause then they play like 18 times last year. It felt <laughs> like every other game was the Sarnia sting. And this year we've almost made it to the, the new year and we haven't seen them or they haven't seen us yet, but uh, nevertheless, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're looking forward to it. Uh, next episode out this coming Monday, follow along Spotify, Apple podcasts and Google podcasts at globalnews.ca at Stubbs 980 at Kyle Grimard. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the road games. See you Monday.